The following message is the word of God for you from the annual conference of the household of David Church, themed Great Grace. Be blessed. Um, can you shake like four people before you get seated? Just greet them and smile. You look beautiful. I like your height. You are short enough. You are tall enough. I like your gaily. If you have gaily. And make sure you are smiling. Amen. I'm not asking you to sit down. Why are you sitting down? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Can we thank God for Nigeria for some few seconds? Give thanks to God for Nigeria. Those who pray for their nations are the ones that will enjoy the fruit of their nation. So lift your voice in a moment and just give God some appreciation for Nigeria for keeping us together. Ending the civil war when it ended. Some nations are still in civil war. Helping us to have oil boom uh, in the 80s and 90s. We are still enjoying that a bit. It, it, it's not just uh, ordinary. Let's thank him for some measure of stability. Let's give him praise for Nigeria. Let's thank him for how he has kept our nation together. Let's thank him for the future that we see. We know that things are going to get better because we are in the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. Let's give him thanks. Let's praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like you to pray that, Lord, as we move on, as we proceed in our nation, let your counsel stand over Nigeria. Everyone that wants to stand against your purpose, Lord, we stand against the strategies of Satan. We, we, we cast down the imaginations of evil in the name of Jesus Christ, especially towards the forthcoming elections in 2019 and beyond the elections, 2025, 2030, 2040, Nigeria will fulfill your counsel. Lord, we stand as saints. We stand as covenant people praying for Nigeria. For we have authority in the earth. We declare that evil will never prevail over light. The house of David uh, will keep waxing stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul will keep waxing weaker and weaker. The body of Christ in Nigeria will continually flourish. Pastors, evangelists, local assemblies will continually, continually flourish in Nigeria. In the name of Jesus Christ. The church will not be silenced by any Herod, by any Haman. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we give you thanks for Nigeria. There was a long war between the house of David and the house of Saul. But the house of David was waxing stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. Lord, we declare as covenant people that the house of David in this nation will continually wax stronger and stronger. The body of Christ will not be silenced in the name of Jesus. And we pray for our leaders in the church. The way Herod stood against the body and slaughtered James. None of our leaders will be a victim of Herod in the name of Jesus. Thank you for victory. In Jesus mighty name. Please put your hands together for the Lord this morning. Uh, you may please be seated. Praise God. 
I want to appreciate the privilege uh, given me to be a blessing this morning. Uh, any other person could have been here. I count it a huge privilege, especially when it's uh, talking uh, to leaders. Everything rises or falls on leadership. I believe this is even the greatest crowd you can ever have. When you impact a leader, you impact the team, isn't it? You impact a pastor, you impact the entire congregation. I saw a scripture in somewhere, um, 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 Goliath. Uh, scripture says, when the Philistines saw that their champion was slaughtered, the entire nation scattered. So when leaders go down, things go down. And Jesus himself said, smite the shepherd, and the sheep will scatter. So investing in leadership should be encouraged everywhere. And that's why we must appreciate the leadership of this house, our dear senior pastors, lead pastors, Pastor Shola and Abigail Oshimakin. Let's put our hands together for them. Well done and well done. I remember when I used to visit uh, secondary school, I think it was just two, and he, he had one round head like this, you know. And I'll come to his seat and be disturbing him because if you don't do evangelism in those days, you're in trouble anyway. So during break, we used to just go there and, you know, talk to them. And years after, when I met him, I said, wow, those were the seeds that led to what God has been doing in his life. And that's an encouragement for us. We must not keep quiet with the gospel. When Paul gets saved, a lot will be done in the world. A lot will be done in the world. We need to recover that in the body of Christ today. And we we'll trust God for such a revival in Jesus' name. And this morning, I'll just um, run through some stuff that I believe will bless us. If you're a pastor here, or, or associate pastor, you head a team, or you belong to a team, uh, I'm sure you pick some lessons. Wisdom remains the principal thing. So, Scripture says, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. It was while I was on campus in Ife that God began to teach me about leadership, and that's blessed our church immensely. Everything rises or falls on leadership. In our church, anytime a particular arm is not functioning well, you look at the leader. It's not the team. Uh, and every time we've upgraded the leadership, the team will always go up. Every organization, every nation, every entity will regulate itself to the leadership. Every. Nations, families, some of us would have turned out better if our parents were better. It's leadership because leaders make decisions. Not teams. The team can suggest, hey, let's do like this, let's do this, let's, you know, but somebody will have to sleep over it and decide. And unfortunately, or fortunately, the decision made by the leader is binding on the lead. When a president and the cabinet borrows money, it's not them borrowing money, it's Nigeria borrowing money. You and I are borrowing the money. So the quality of the man or woman making such decisions matter. If their head is not correct, the nation will not be correct. So what we do in leadership training like this is to help us as leaders for our head to be correct. I mean, it's like a, a, a simple example of a family where the father is so traditional that he wants to go to the village every Christmas just to impress uh, fellow uh, villagers. And then the car is not in good shape, the tires are not in good shape, but impressing villagers matter to him more than the state of the car. And the wife is saying, let's not travel this Christmas, let's move next Christmas. And he said, no, we must go this Christmas. What about the tire? We'll manage it. Now, the decision of that man will be binding on the family. And they go on the way, all from Lagos to wherever they are going. If accident occurs and everybody dies in that um, car, it's the leader that decided. But somebody's dying because of somebody's decision. So leadership is either a blessing or a curse. 
So you must ask yourself, whatever role you, you're playing as a parent, as a mother, as a father, as a pastor, as a pastor, am I a blessing or am I hindering people's progress? You wonder why Jesus Christ could say, smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Because a lot is on leadership. If you watch football, you know, sometimes you look at the team and people complain, why are they paying this particular guy so much money and they are paying this one so much, so small? <laughs> when someone is in the team, the kind of motivation that is brought cannot be quantified. If it's moved out, everything begins to wane. So I challenge you to develop your leadership capacities. Whether you are a consultant, you are a, a trader, you are a apple seller, you are a, whatever you do in life. I mean, management consulting or whatever consulting you do or whatever field you are in and invest in leadership development. One day I was Bishop Oedekwa and he said, ministry has gone beyond just ministering to administering. There has to be, okay, there's a ministering part where you can preach and you can minister, but there's also the part where you can administer resources, human, material, and financial. Your capacity to do that will impact on the organization. So read leadership books. Attend leadership meetings. Your children will be glad for it. Your spouse will be glad for it. When I develop, it impacts on my wife and the children. If I stay on the same spot, it will show in their life somewhere. It is a disaster to stay under a non-growing leader. It is a disaster. So leaders grow every day. Praise the Lord. So let's just learn some things of, on leadership that I've picked up over the years. Uh, number one, I, I used to teach, oh, okay, leader, the father or the parent, you know. And God said, well, it's not just the leader, it's the leadership. A church cannot grow beyond the capacity of the leadership team. Not just a leader, the leadership team. So I, I encourage every leader to be very selective. Great leaders are selective. The kind of people leading the team, leading the group, will determine its destiny. So you find that Jesus was very selective picking disciples. He was so proficient that he even picked the man that would betray him. That's part of the package. That this one will do very well. That's Judas. And you find, sir, some people will come to Jesus after a big miracle like the madman of Gadara and say, I want to follow you. If it was, I was in his shoes, I would say, follow me, isn't it? Like, ah, this is a great testimony. Any crusade I go, I will tell him to come up and share his testimony. But Jesus Christ said, no, don't follow me. Have you ever thought about that? No, don't follow me. Go and tell your family how your deliverance took place. And somebody else will be seated as a tax collector. You go and disturb him. You, you must follow me. Because that tax collector or that medical doctor will need to help us write Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is more important than the madman of Gadara's story. So leaders are very selective. So you look at yourself. You know, I was in our leaders meeting this year, and I said, I said look at all of us here. We're the ones that will determine what, what, what happens in this church. You are either carrying fertilizer to help the thing grow or kerosene to burn it down. You are doing one of them. So challenge your leadership team and not everybody fits that team. Not everybody fits that team. Be very selective because everything rises or falls on leadership. You look at, you know, I, I look at some kings and scriptures, some leaders and scriptures, and you find some powerful lessons. You look at Saul. 
Saul could not kill Goliath, isn't it? He was the king, he was the leader. And there was this huge challenge that he could not handle. And then God sent a man, a young boy called, what is his name? David. And then David slaughtered Goliath on his behalf. But he started fighting Goliath. So some leaders have people that have been sent to them to cover their nakedness. But they start competing with them and fighting them. If Saul fights, Goliath, fights David, the Philistines will keep winning. That you cannot do some things does not mean it can't be done. God will send someone to you that can do it. Okay? So every Saul must know that David is sent. And must allow David to perform if you will not be ashamed. You look at the other king called Pharaoh. He had a challenge with the economy. And he couldn't handle it. There was a dream. And one man called was sent to him. You look at the, the, the attitude of Saul and Pharaoh. One was fighting. It's funny. Saul started chasing David all around town. You look at Pharaoh and say, oh, well, Today, today, you are the prime minister. I will just be sitting down. Just go ahead. I think he was one of the wisest leaders in scriptures. He didn't do much, but they kept flourishing. The success of any leader is hidden in those sent to him. Joseph was fulfilled. Pharaoh was fulfilled, isn't it? So I tell leaders, that area of weakness that you might have, are there Joseph's or Daniel's or David's sent to you? You don't have to go and become a chartered accountant as a pastor. But is there someone around you sent to help you manage your finance well? You don't have to become, you know, uh, something that will distract your purpose. Is there Joseph sent to you that you can recognize and allow them to perform and then you find great victory? So we have two extremes. Some people keep wrong people on the bus. And some, when the right people have been sent to them, they start fighting them. And they miss the deal. We will not miss it in Jesus' name. Amen. Daniel was sent to Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar had a good time until he faltered. Joseph was sent to Pharaoh. Joseph was fulfilled doing his assignment. Pharaoh himself was fulfilled doing his assignment. So it's a win-win thing. So I believe that God is sending Joseph's, Daniel's, and David's to pastors these days to help cover areas where you didn't learn in school. Areas that the ministry needs that you are not proficient in. Allow them. And some of them, you might need to go and capture them. Like Jesus went to go and carry Zacchaeus. You must follow me. You must follow me. You must follow me. Praise the Lord. And then you find that you can do things that you normally would not be able to do. That's helped our church a lot. It had executive pastors coming in that trained in certain areas that I'm not proficient in. And I have to allow them to do their jobs. Human resource management especially. How to fire people. How to hire people. When I'm hiring people before, I just sit down. Are you born again? Safe? Good. Uh, when did you get born again? Oh, University of Lagos. Oh, fantastic. How many years ago? You pray in tongues. Fantastic. Glory to God. It's like you're okay. That's not how they hire people. That's not how they hire people. There are people that God has trained. The questions they will ask them. And the reference they will check out. Because all the people you prayed in tongues to hire, you fired them already. Because it's more than that. Praise the Lord. So can you imagine Pharaoh sitting down to manage the economy that time? That was it, I'm the king, I'm the leader, I'm the one that God sent. I can do it. Joseph, come out to prison. No, Joseph said 20%. Let's manage this thing. I said, you will do it. And Joseph did it well. Praise the Lord. 
And that leads to the second thing, which is humility. Armed with enough humility, anyone can learn from anybody. Leadership development demands a lot of humility. When you stop learning, you start going down. Ah, it's dangerous to allow age and experience to hinder your learning. I've seen even ministries falter because of that. Somebody feels because he's older than a particular pastor, that pastor cannot, he cannot learn from that pastor. No, I learn from him. Because many of the things you need to know are hidden in people you don't like. Yeah. That's how God ordained even gold to be hidden in dirty sand. It's gold hidden in the sand. It's not shining as it were. They have to get it out of the dirt. So you find that when God wanted to teach Moses delegation, he used Jethro, an idol worshiper. If you are the one that listens to God, God God speaking to you, writing on tablets, will you ever listen to Jethro? What will you say? No, if God wanted me to know about delegation, He would have written it as the eleventh commandment. That spiritual pride that stuns our growth. This man Moses, God speaks to him face to face. God even wrote for him. So, for a Jethro that is not even a covenant person, an idol worshiper, to be telling him, sir, the way you're handling this leadership is not okay. Uh, you can't be counseling like this. You will die on time. Hey, come every, every morning you line up from Ikeja to Adimosho. Uh, 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 Where will they finish this counseling? Can you do this? Can you do this? And Moses listened. Won't you be saying, well, who are you? Do you even know the God we serve in Israel? So I've seen people even in church, where, you know these tribes that people try to create, uh, maybe I'm word of faith, or word of patience, or word of hope, you know. Now it's fine, but you must be careful not to tribalize and, and limit yourself. Okay, I'm a word of faith person, I grew up in the, I'm still in word of faith. But many of the things that helped our church to grow beyond faith are the things I learned from Samadayemi. Systems and administration. I didn't know that. I thought you just decree and you would just come. You just speak. Just speak. Rambra, Kita. And then they will come to church. <laughs> no, 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 no. Systems. Systems. The Western world works by systems. Even when you are a, a, a disorderly Nigerian, when you enter their system, the, the spirit leaves leaves you at Mutara Mohammed Airport. <laughs> Systems do not respect emotions. You conform. You see, you line up, you see the man, Nigerian man will be shouting at the airport, yeah, something like this. <laughs> Systems. Systems. Reverend Sam is master of systems. Ah! And I knew some of my friends then, they refused to attend meetings. Where were taught systems? Oh, it's not faith. Oh, it's mind. Ah! The mind, who gave it to us? Even the world run, runs by systems. Can you imagine if God left the thing to emotions? You think you give us sunshine in Nigeria? <laughs> like if it was emotions that this morning, I'm not happy with those Nigerians. Darkness for five days. Five days. Darkness, nonsense. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with them. It's not emotions. It's a system. Sunrise, sunset, dry season. And everything's been rolling like that. Systems. So put systems in place. In church. And if you are here as a pastor, you are low with systems running, go and learn it. Nothing moves forward without systems. 
Believe me. And when we say systems, it's not just, you know, your body has many systems, right? Can you give me samples? Respiratory, skeletal. Oh, yes. Is it only one system? No. It's when systems are running concurrently well that you are healthy. And when you are healthy, you grow without fighting. Without praying yourself, so to say. What is sickness? It is the breakdown of one or more systems. So church is beyond preaching alone. There are many systems. Hospitality system. If the hospitality is not in good shape, preaching might not work out. Somebody is coming to church and they are packing him. If they offend that new lady too much, she will hear you pastor in church. And you are laboring. You know, maybe you are sitting in front of the pastor. And somebody say, Madam, pack like this. Now, Madam, can't you see? Why are you, why are you doing like this? <laughs> Madam, wind down. Are you just starting to drive? Pack this thing now, Madam. Some people drive out. Or some will say, this is the last time I'll come to this place. So it's not just preaching. Systems. Systems. Okay, so, armed with enough humility, anyone can learn from anybody. Don't let age or experience or your tribe hinder your growth. Many of the things we need for our next level are hidden in people we don't like. It's also a test of love. Praise the Lord. And then, greet. Uh, in Harvard, um, recently, they just, of course, it's been there in scriptures anyway, um, from research, they discovered that the most successful people and organizations are not those individuals that are more intelligent or more handsome or beautiful. It's those who have grit. G-R-I-T. Grit. Perseverance. You can't afford to give up. It has to work. I learned that from my pastors. It has to work. There's no way it has to work. Men ought always to pray and not offend. Greet. Never giving up attitude in the face of challenges. Perseverance and persistence. Willingness to become. And every ministry, every team must be extra determined that I will not be ordinary, I will be extraordinary. You just want like Iadebo is saying, he'll be praying many years ago in camp, Lord, I don't want to be an ordinary pastor. I don't want to be an ordinary pastor. Give me grace. That's that. Great hours on the road praying. Great. I don't want to be ordinary. I want to stand out. I want to be outstanding. The kind of container you take to the uh, ocean determines what you get. It's not the size of the ocean. If you go with a spoon, a spoon you get a spoonful. You go with a bucket, bucket full. You go with a tank, tank full. You even establish water business there. Is it better? But what you take to the body, the water body, determines what you get. So God is there. Vast. But how hungry are you to make an impact in your generation? How determined are you? When I see a leader that stops hungering for new levels, psh, tired. That's why you must be careful of titles or things that keep you retired. Don't let them use age or title or anything to stop your hunger. You've not even started. We've not even started. 
Every generation must build on the work of the previous. So where are we? Abraham gave back to Isaac. Isaac did a bit. Moved on to Jacob. Jacob exploded and gave back to a nation. Every generation must be better. We must stop remaining you know, spectators. And then the best of the story of God in our kingdom shouldn't be Kenneth Hagin's story or Idahosa's story. It should never, never. Oh, thank God for Oyedepo, thank God for Adeboe. But the best of wine is slated for the end of the party. No matter how sweet it had been, God would always have a joker card. They said, ah, every man at the beginning put forth the good wine, but you have reserved the better wine until now. So don't just be a spectator. No. We, we, I mean, I thought in our church, thank God for the songs we, we, we listen to all from, our, from foreign countries. It's time for them to sing our own songs. You can write songs. You can write books. You can author books. You can do so many things. But do you see yourself doing it? Okay, if you see yourself doing it, do you have enough madness in you to stay on it until it happens? Greet, stubborn faith that I will not be silenced in my generation. Though I might not have gotten all the answers, but I will get the answers. Though I'm not yet there, but I must get there. Though I missed it here and there, I will pick up myself and keep running. That's great. Because challenges will come. Setbacks will show up. At various times, discouragement. If you don't have greed, you will start reducing the size of your vision. You start cutting here and then giving prophetic reasons for it. Think big. Though ministry might start in the corner of a street, you must see yourself on global platform. And stop, stop using prophetic things to make it small. You know, the smaller we are, the more we go to heaven. Eh? <laughs> Proverbs fourteen twenty eight. In the multitude of people is the king's honor. Jesus must be honored with multitudes. Look, religions that have impact globally is the multitude following them. In this world, there are many religions. But some have no impact because the followership is weak. But check the ones that are like even a threat to the gospel. It's the multitudes following them. Check nations that are on global platform. They're not small nations. China, the U.S., multitudes. When China, when China is speaking, some countries in Africa can speak. They're not the same. So value growth. Value more. Even some denominations in our country, the reason they are respected is the multitude. You can't shove them aside. In the multitude of people is the king's honor. Abrahamic blessings will not allow any container to contain blessings. There must be overflow. Praise the Lord. So we must think big. We must have that hunger for unusual impact. And then you must work in unity. Um, a united front will have a ministry or any organization progress. I tell pastors, fight strife like you fight Satan. Nothing brings down a church or a family or any organization like strife. Nothing. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Genesis 11. Can we run through Genesis 11 from verse 1? And because one is too small to achieve greatness. 
So you need to work as teams. So if we don't understand the power of unity, many will give in to... I mean, that you are an expert does not make it work. It says, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, verse 2, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of China and they dwelt there, verse 3, and they said one to another, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly, and they had brick for stone and slime had it for mortar. And they said, let us... Now this is the vision. Let us build us a city of the tower who stopped me written to heaven and let us make us a name that should be scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. Now that was the vision. Now look at this. And the Lord came down to, the, to see the city and the tower uh, which some men builded. Verse 6. And the Lord said, now this is God saying, Behold, the people is what? And they have one language. Somebody say one language. Uh, and this they begin to do and now nothing shall be what? And it looks like the vision will only be accomplished in a place of unity. So now, nothing will be restrained from them. So they have one language, one speech. Uh, now, any vision they have with that unity, that will be productivity. Now look at the next verse, verse 7. So, verse, verse, verse 7, okay, said, So, go to, let us go down, and what did he do? That was the strategy. He didn't say, let's, let's now make brick available for them. Let's affect their transport systems. They leave that one. The moment the unity comes down, the vision will go down. He said, go to let us confound their language that they may not understand. That is what the devil does to also bring down good vision. God is trying to bring down something that is not in his line. So when the devil sees a ministry going forward... He tries to make them not to understand one another's speech. Look at verse 8. So the Lord scattered them above, uh, from, from the first of the earth, and they left off. The vision stops where unity stops. So praise team, hospitality team, all the various teams, there must be some level of togetherness and unity towards the common goal. When you notice divisions in the church... And, and it's always through some t- an individual at times. Somebody's a gossip. Somebody talks too much. Somebody somebody's arrogant. Somebody believes that in the team is the is the superstar, and his own idea or, or her own idea must be taken. No, in fact, you have to teach teamwork for greater progress. Two shall chase ten thousand. When you talk about unity, you look at the body, like Paul said in First Corinthians, I think twelve, that the body you must respect the body. When you understand the way the body functions, that you are a very good heir, does it make the body okay? What about the other part? So every part of the church must respect every other part. Do you understand me? The ear must respect the legs. In fact, uh, Paul says it this way. The parts of the body that are visible always seem to think they are better off. Because, look at ears now. The ladies put earrings. Some of our guys do that. You know, um, you have the hand. You put the wristwatch on the hand. So the hand begins to feel, it's me, the, you know, it's shining. If you don't talk to this hand, he might think it's better than the liver. And Paul says, tell the hand that the ones that are covered, they were covered because they were important. So don't ever think because you are seen on stage... You're more important than the children's church. Or the prayer team. Or the pastor's wife. 
A pastor's wife has power. I'm sure you know that now. They might not be on stage every day, but they can do do do. Happy wife, happy life. Know that, oh. A woman carries presence, emotional presence. If your wife is not happy, try it for one week. How you function? So the lungs and the liver and the heart, they are covered because they are more important. If I ask you to pick one now, the hand or the liver, which one would you pick? Ah, uh-huh. God forbid I have to pick one. So all of us that are sitting on stage, thank God for you, but you are not the most important. So when you teach that, the person leading choir, which is great, worship, should never look down in the junior church. If they carry hundreds of them on Sunday morning and introduce them from the back, the children, into the service, just to fellowship with us, you will know that the person doing that work is not playing. <laughs> One woman in shop right in Lekki, she chained her two sons, chain, like chain, and moving them. And they asked, Madam, what's the problem? They said, it's better like this. <laughs> it's better like this. It's better like this. If you leave these two, my blood pressure, I can't kill somebody. It's better like this. Those guys on the mixer, they're powerful guys. You might not know their names, but never look down on them. They can spoil my message now. <laughs> can we put our hands together for them? You know, if you offend them, Pastor, and they are not happy with you overnight, you will meet you on the mix. You will just do something. You will say, I can't. You will be saying, What will you do? What will you do? You say, But it's just three bodies like this, like this. So when you meet the junior church people, celebrate them. The prayer team, honor them. If you are, as an associate, you think because you stand on stage, you are much important. If you are out of the scene, the prayer team will pray another one here. That's one of the easiest things to do. They will pray another one out of the church. They can pray ten of you out. So discerning the body, every part working together, value seemingly hidden parts of the church. Traffic. They are there ordering cars. It's a lot of work, man. Fight gossip like you fight Satan. Learn to confront people holily. I hear that you said this. Did you say it? Did you say it? Uh, they said you said it. You ask them. You call them to a meeting in your office. I want to see you and your wife. They call it crucial conversations. We've heard from three people that you said this about my wife or about this pastor. Did you say it? Eh, did you say it, Pastor Bolongo? Did you say it? Did you say it? You say it. In case you said it, why now? Why now? Okay, even what, even if what you are saying is true, when the thing is now resolved, will you be able to go back to those three people and tell them? Eh? You know how to go and tell them when there's a problem now. When it's now resolved, will you go back? You now leave those people with the dirty story. Don't be talking like that. Though. If I hear it again, I won't like it. Though. No, you can be the pastor in this church. I'm sorry, sir. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, thank you. <laughs> I've had such conversations in my office several. Somebody's coming late for a meeting every time as a leader. What's the problem? 
throughout this first half of the year, you'll be coming late, be coming late. What's the, what's, the, what's the problem? If you are coming late, this other person is coming late after a while now. You can't be doing that. So you give people opportunity to either apologize and change, or you agree on a step to take. That can I say that you step down for next six months to get yourself together? So that people don't think that you are disturbing them. And then we agree. For sometimes you tell the person, can you suggest the way out? Either you step aside, or, you know, and they will with their own mouth say, I want to step aside. Okay, we agree with you. Agree with you. So we'll get to the general meeting. Uh, Pastor Swan has agreed to step aside. I didn't tell him to step aside. He suggested that you step aside. Praise the Lord. Let's talk about excellence. Excellence. Excellence is doing a common thing in a common way. Daniel 6.3 Daniel 6.3 Then this Daniel was what? Preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. Preference is a function of quality and excellence. In our church, anytime we do any bit of improvement, church grows. Oh, my school lady, we're doing five services on Sunday, two midweek services. Every time you put AC or something, man is moving away from hell to heaven. So every time you make your place of business or whatever you are doing, heavenly man will come. In fact, somewhere, I mean, God told somewhere, Man looks at the what? Man that I created. Looks at the outward appearance. Me, I look at the heart. But is it only God who wants for service? Says, what matters in the ministry is the heart. Eh? The heart. God, God sees my heart. I'm, I know he called me. And I know he sees my heart. Eh? God looks. You will have angels in service. But they don't give offerings. God that created man said they look where? That he created them. So we used to interpret that says the heart that matters. You can have a great meeting, anointed meeting with empty chairs. Oh, heart first, motives. But invest in what will attract man that God created. How many Californians have you seen move from California to Mushi in recent times? That I just like when electricity is one hour per day. I hear that rats are plenty around some of this neighborhood. I just love it. So I'm moving from California to Ajegule. But if they put five buses outside here now, visa free to US, this service will be empty now. <laughs> that is just a little, a quick, you know. Whatever. And there are three buses there, and you see the white guys and say, from that place you are going to the, US, to the airport, and from there to the U.S., don't, just call your family and let them know. If you want to go, go outside. And you see how people will just, I'm coming, I'm going to the toilet now. <laughs> Invest in excellence, okay? And excellence is a function of you first. Hagin says, when I see your wardrobe as a pastor, I tell the state of your church. Personal grooming. Most African leaders don't groom themselves well. They are anointed like Elijah. <laughs> but they are smelly. Let the boxer shorts go. 
that boxer shorts of almost two years. You have used it. You, you bought it as green. Green. Now, if the manufacturer should see it, they might, they might take it to court. <laughs> I tell pastors when they come to see me, we laugh. If your mouth is not okay, I say, if I don't tell you this thing, nobody might tell you. Buy mouth odor, right? Mouth odor. Mouth, sorry, mouth um, guard or something to remove these things. It's, it's gospel sake. Anything that will enhance the gospel, put your head in it. We are representing him. We are ambassadors now. One day I was with Bishop Edoku many years ago. I came to see him from Ife. He dragged me to the back of the car. I was a bit scruffy. He said, you don't dress like this. You don't dress like this. I'm sorry, son. I said, you know, put myself together. It's little things. Let all things be done decently and in what? Don't live like a confused man. Your wardrobe, all the clothes you bought 1998 and the one you bought last week together. Ah, ah! And you're asking God to do a new thing. <laughs> you can't receive it. Because 1998 shirt should not be mixing too much with 2017. Audit and edit your life. What you don't need, throw them away. Be simple. Be clean. You don't have to have 50 pairs of shoes. If it's five, let it be excellent. If it's ten shirts, let it be neat. If it's even two, be faithful with it. Because it's easier for anyone to dress well to Sunday morning service. But real excellence starts with you as a person. Our children teach us now to brush twice a day. We didn't grow up like that. Some of you are the Praise the Lord. So, while you are studying Greek and Hebrew, any material that will help your poise and post... I went to a poise... I mean, finishing school. I had to go to a finishing school. Because he that will hit the world must learn global protocol. Hmm. Many of the things we are praying for, we are not ready for it. Even Joseph was told to shave his beard then. Because Egyptians hated birds. And changed his raiment to stand be- I know you can interpret dreams. But Pharaoh can't see you like this. So go and walk on the future you are praying about. I went to a finishing school. They removed my title first. Like, your name is Yemi? Yes, ma. Pronounce this word. Ah, pronunciation. Mom, yes. Mom, mom. Yeah, yeah. They say, sir, all your words are A, A, E, E, O, O, U. You know, the Yoruba thing. All, our, all we say in Yoruba is A, A, E. We squeeze all grammar into it. I said, but they said, all, all words are not like that. They said, I should pronounce bomb. I said, bomb. They said, no, no, the last D. I said, no. If you had the explosion, you'll be talking like that. <laughs> you. <laughs> Work on your physical well-being. Don't spoil your body before you reach your peak. Dr. Droja is here. It was him. I went to the hospital for complete checkup. Complete. They will check everything. And they advise you that this thing you are eating is not good. This one, reduce it. Why should Paul be telling Timothy to drink something small for his infirmity? Don't, don't, don't take it. 
The infirmity can kill him. Work on your body. Don't be saying, you know, when we sanctify it, it's okay. Ah! <laughs> he, was, he was there. He was thorough take up. Apostle lay me on the bed. But the woman that was taking my colon and everything was telling me, ah, I used to listen to you on radio. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and then she, she pulled my trousers there to take the colon. And you are telling me you listen to me on radio? You should not say it. <laughs> check the ears, check the eyes, read things, read it. This is, what, how many words do you use your letters? Read it, Pastor. Yeah, B. What's the third one? D. Say it again. D. To know whether you are seeing properly. So when you open Philippians, I'm reading Ezekiel. <laughs> Amen. They check everything. And I'm doing every year. And they said to me, which I love, you are not a patient, you are a client. You are not better because you are sick. But so you will be sick. I said, please tell your wife this, internal organs of animals, you should reduce it. We saw it there. And I didn't know. I thought Shaki, all those things are very good. Shaki, liver, all those things. <laughs> Variety. When we were poor, I didn't eat it. I didn't have this thing. Now that God is doing some things, you are saying, I should not eat it. Ah, you are wicked. So, leaders, if you know that you are supposed to inspire people, work on yourself. People look at you for inspiration. They look at you for guidance. How you are matters. We will not die at 54. We will not die at 64. We will not die at 74. We enjoy longevity in Jesus' name. Let me close with assimilation and one or two things. Uh, one of the challenges of churches recently uh, is global, it's a global matter, is assimilation. It's easier for first-timers to come to church. Yeah, first-timer here, yeah, this is the first time. But how many of those first-timers are coming back? How many? That's assimilation. So every church must think about, and it's the work of every part of the church. As I said earlier, the experience that people have determines whether they will come back or not. And it starts from the car park, not when person is preaching. People come, you know, and, you know, the competition in court is so much in our days that people can just be moving and say, I don't like her, I go to this other one. <laughs> Lagos is saturated. That's why God is sending people to other countries. We are so much yes, doing well. The, the standards are getting higher. You can't afford to be running a service, one service from nine, nine to two. One, one service. You are a wicked person. One service. Those were the things that chased us away from our parents' churches. And some are just doing it now. Everlasting gospel. Praise and worship. One and a half hours. One. Hey, we worship you. We worship you. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit said, Motibo, I'm coming. I'm coming. You don't went to the right church. And they came back. We worship <laughs> And then the pastor comes, oh, man of God, everlasting gospel, two and a half hours, after one and a half hours, you know, yeah, I'm just starting, ah, I'm just starting, young people, 
attention span is like 30 minutes now because of soap operas. Do research. Like Charles Finney said, you put the net in the water, the fish swam into the uh, net. You waited too long, the same fish swam out. The guy came to service as you were preaching the first 30 minutes. He has decided to give his life to Jesus Christ. You now took too much time. He slept, snored, collected his life back from Jesus. I'll give him next week. <laughs> Now, this is not only ministry in organization, businesses, banking, check it out now. Business at the speed of thought. How can you do it excellently on time? Delay can be dangerous. Extending time unnecessarily. In our place, we are leading worship. No matter how you have gotten to heaven, if the pastor comes on stage, that's it. That's all he's standing there. It's discipline. Discipline. Brevity, the flow of the service, the greed. That's the plan. All the plans for our services for March now is set. When I say plan, there's what they call the wind of the spirit. You create some time for that. And then purpose of a meeting. If it's a vigil, you know you can do two hours teaching. You can pray in tongues. If it's a prayer meeting, you can do prayer for three hours. But the purpose of the meeting is the Sunday service. How are you rolling it? What's the plan? So the, pers- the tomorrow service now, the person that will take prayer, opening prayer, and their fourth service already knows now that in the fourth service they're taking opening prayer. And it's five minutes, max. And if for any reason the third service spilled like two or three minutes, it's reducing your own time. You understand that? And if it spills too much, then you might not take opening prayer. The prayer that worship leader will start. Because it's not in the Bible. There's no other service like that in the Bible. There was so many times those guys came out, and then Peter came out, Praise my Savior. Praise my Savior. You can start a service with the word. <laughs> Did John take present worship? You are the reason why I live my... Talking to Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not the reason why... This order will not take you forward, though. Orderliness. Even me, as this general of us here, I sort of say, I borrow time preaching. I beg that, can you give me three minutes? If you are not under authority, God can give you kingdom things. I beg for time. Order. And if you're a pastor, you overshoot your time after all the trainings. When you come back on seat, <laughs> didn't you see the timer? Next time. I'm sorry, sir. No problem. But that I'm sorry, you might not even climb the stage for three weeks. Even your dressing matter, when, I, when we get to church, and when I look across board, and I check the grid again, if your dressing is not decent enough, you can't climb. Because everybody's looking at you. Hmm. Can't, can't climb that, that way, you can't. Uh, you can't, and I'll see you after the service. I, I didn't like the way you were dressed. That was why I couldn't take that the next time. This, this, and that. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. So relevance of message, your message must be practical. If you're a pastor here, don't be preaching things that people cannot apply on Monday morning. I beg you. Uh, feeding is feeding. Like somebody went to preach in Yongito's church many years ago in South Korea. A man from America. He told Yongito, I want to preach about the humanity of Iran to man. Ah, Iran. He said, yes, that's what God told him to preach. Ah, he said, no problem. So when he got to stage, the man was speaking English. Uh, young Gito was interpreting. The man will say, He ran, he stopped on. Young Gito will say, God will heal you today. <laughs> so they will say, Amen. The man now thought his message was powerful. 
people are starving, battling with recession, trying to get married, resolving marital problems. After all those ones, it's Iran. Iran. Relevant message, impactful message. The junior church matters a lot. If you want families to join the church, improve on the junior church. Okay? The restrooms matter a whole lot. Um, Follow-up and visitation. Learning to absorb people. Absorb people into the church. And for you to have such things, you need exposure. Okay? You need to go to places where it's working. Learn from them. Pick lessons here and there. Uh, add it to what you already know, and you see that you're not, you're not be the same. I visit places. I send people to places. Some of our quality assurance, we have quality assurance team in church. The quality assurance team, they have a group. Uh, they are uh, assurance managers in their companies. So there's a group. On Sundays, they are always out in the entire campus giving us reports. The toilet wasn't okay. The junior church wasn't okay. The third service spilled by 10 minutes. They get, I get a report by Tuesday. Just to keep the qualities as smart as you can. So sometimes you send them to some other churches, sit down through their first service or their last service, whatever lessons you pick, can we, can we learn from it? And then you pick this one, this is what they do, oh, that's good, this is what they do, you know. Uh, let's let's, let's, let's uh, enjoy that. Travel out to see things, systems of oppression. I go to Canaan land, you see communion um, for over 100,000 people served in like 10 minutes. And then if you don't know how to do it, you can have a church of 500 and two can be lining up for communion, some might even need healing during, during the communion because they are standing waiting on the line, waiting to be healed by the communion. But the system, how many points do a 500 people need? Is it six points? So, in five minutes, it's little, little lessons that makes all the difference. Finally, this morning, learn to ask the Holy Spirit questions. Questions when you come for a conference like this. Certain things might not come to you directly that pertains to your situation, but thank God for the Holy Spirit. He's our friend, our partner, senior partner, always there, our shade upon our right hand. He listens. One day I was in a car with Bishop Oedeko, one January, and he turned and said, learn to ask the Holy Spirit questions. That those who ask questions in scriptures were the ones that get an- got answers on time. Rather than saying, eh, save me, save me. Why not ask, what must I do to be saved? And then you can get the answer. Rather than just saying, save me. If I to meet you, like, save me, you're not saved. Because what must I do to be saved? This one, believe and confess. Thank you, sir. So then I'll say, Lord, especially if you have been praying about something and the answers doesn't seem to be showing up, ask, Lord, why is this finance dragging Many years ago at church, we were not growing the way I thought we should grow. And I said, Holy Spirit, what, what is wrong? What is wrong? This is stagnation. What's wrong? He said, double your junior church and I'll do miracles. So I called the pastors. These offices should move out of this place because God is saying this. And we cooperated. You know, just doubling the junior church. I thought doubled. Your own answer is different from mine. So ask the Holy Spirit, why is my marriage like this? And it will tell you. It will shock you. What it will tell you? Oh, it will shock you. It could be your attitude. But most of the time, your attitude. Maybe your anger is too much as a man. You don't even listen to your wife. You just come on. I've said full trip already by 6.30 every day. Can't I just decree it in this family and do it all? 6.30. And you're shouting. I don't know. You're dis- talking to your wife. You're disorganized. You're double it. And she called you at 12. That gas has finished. 
You didn't listen or receive the call. She didn't have money to buy the gas. But because you won't listen. After you've ranted for like 30 minutes. She now says, I called you there. I called you. I didn't have cash on me. I wanted to get some money from you to buy gas. You know, what will you now say that time? Man. Your attitude. Can a couple was praying one day about healing in his body. He said he prayed and prayed and the thing wasn't going. He said, God, what is the problem? He said, your coffee is too much. Your coffee is too much. Ah, and he reduced it and the pain disappeared. <laughs> so there are answers. In the book of Samuel, Second Samuel 21, there was famine for almost three years. I'm sure David thought that it was because of uh, agricultural problem, all those things. But it was lingering. He now went to God. Why is this famine like this? He said, it's because of Saul. And his bloody house. Can you ever, can your mind give you that? Never. That Saul slaughtered, I think, the Gibeonites. And he should not have done that because they had, uh, they had a treaty with them. That they won't, you know? That's why there's famine. Ah! What if David did not ask? The famine will continue. So God said, go and sort that family out or that tribe. So he went there and went to meet them. I'm sorry for what Saul did though. Uh, what should we do now? They said, we don't need money from Saul. Give us seven sons ah, from his line and we hang them. David went to go and meet them. I go, seven. <laughs> if you read that story, went to meet one of the wives of Saul. Two sons. They giddy those two sons. The one that pained me was one, five sons. Carry five and two. I said, took it and they killed them. And the famine stopped. I pray you will see answers this February. Things that might have caused stagnation in your household, in your finance, in your ministry, I pray that the Holy Ghost will give you answers in the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray for grace to follow suit. When the answers come that may look uncomfortable, I pray for grace to obey in the name of Jesus Christ. Little hinges swing huge doors. Small things can cause big problems. Sometimes finances. One day in our church, I felt the finance wasn't okay the way it was. And I said, Holy Spirit, what's the problem? He said, where you are putting your seed? We are putting money in some particular place that time. And he said, I don't want it. It's not a good soil. I never thought about that. I like this man. That is a man of God, you know, all those things. I called the accountant, stop this for now. And in that year, everything turned. You know, scripture says, and, and the devil entered Judas. People change, but you don't know. Things change. You just keep doing what you are doing. No results again. What's the problem? Ah. So ask questions. Why is this marriage like this? Why is this finance like this? And in the co- sometimes, instantly, you will get inspiration. Sometimes, in the course of that week, through a book, you will even be on TV watching a, a particular channel, you will just know that that's the answer. That's the answer. You will not miss yours. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to this message from our annual conference, Team Great Grace. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Twin Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first 
service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. while our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Go and do great things. God bless you.